Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Today, I'm going to talk about the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan story. Remember, there was a priest and a Levite who walked by a guy who just got mugged, got beaten up, didn't want anything to do with him, and then a Samaritan stopped by and cared for him. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, I want to tell you about an opportunity that all of us get to have all summer long and into the autumn. Yep, it's called the Summer of Joy Festival. Does that sound like fun? Summer of Joy? Guess who named this event the Summer of Joy? The City of Toronto. And we've been invited. Mild applause, thank you. We've been invited as a church. We are the only non-City of Toronto group. All sorts of different social services are going to be participating. We are the only non-City of Toronto government agency to be asked to be a full partner. And it's because of our long history of of caring for the community just north of us called the North Kipling, Rexdale, uh, whatever it is. Yesterday, we had a practice for the outreach, and we have a little video to show you of our practice, and then I'll explain what's going on. That's not it. That's the music video. This is it. It's Saturday. It's yesterday, church, and we have uh, a practice for a big outreach that we're going to tell you about later uh, tomorrow. So we're giving away hot dogs and water, and over here, you will see that we have uh, our spirit cafe, free spiritual readings, dream interpretation, and things like that. So... People are coming and getting ministry. And uh, this is Brian. I met Brian. We used to go to the same church 40 years ago, 30 years ago. No, it was 40, Brian, because I was single back then. Anyways, we're doing stuff. We have Twinkles the Clown is going to be here almost every Saturday. And Max, who's uh, part of our church family, he is a professional fire juggler and all those different kind of things. And so he's doing his little show here. And we have some of our team down in the parking lot just trying to invite people to come on over. And next week, friends, they're hoping to have a thousand people in this plaza. So today's our little practice warm-up. And uh, lots of team here. And you can join the outreach team. I'm going to tell you about that a little bit later. All righty. We had like 20, 25 people there yesterday. Can I get everyone who's a part of the outreach team to please stand? There's 104 people on this team from our church. And some of them were there yesterday. All the information about this outreach that's going to be taking place every single Saturday from 11 until 2 p.m., at a strip mall at 950 Albion Road. All the information only goes to those who sign up for the outreach team. And you're saying, how do I do that? You get your phone out and go to the church app right now and where it says connect, you click in and you'll see the outreach team or you head into the welcome center at the end, say I'd like to be on that team. Or right after the meeting, head into the cafe through the coffee shop and we're gonna have a quick meeting to explain everything that we're going to be doing. It's going to be from 1 o'clock at the latest, 1.45, and you can join that team and be a part of it. So, friends, here's our history. Probably seven, eight years ago, uh, we just felt that we needed to do something very active in our community. How do we love our city? How do we take our place in the city? 
And as we began to talk about it, pray with people, talk to our members of parliament, talk to the city councillors, what was identified for us was this community just straight north of us, five minute, 10 minute drive north, is the lowest standard of living, highest unemployment, highest crime, uh, lowest income housing, most subsidized housing and all of the GTA is right here. And part of it is because the airport is here. Part of it is because of the casino that's there that drains money out. Uh, lots of different factors. But this is our community that we've chosen to minister to. And the first thing that we did was we heard that there was uh, youth problems, gang problems, in the Woodbine Mall, which is a five-minute drive just straight up Highway 27. We went to the management, Ben Kennedy, who was our youth pastor at the time, and myself, we walked in. And we said, here, we're pastors in the, in the ch at a church just uh, south of you. We hear you have a problem. Too many youth, a little vandalism, things like that. We have a solution. We said, here's, here's our plan. You're going to give us a free store right in the center of the mall. And we're going to put a big sign up saying Youth Network, and we're going to offer video games, uh, water, pop, uh, candy floss to sugar them up, and... Uh, popcorn and things like that, and just be a drop-in for whenever the mall's open, we're gonna have two or three staff, we got a government grant to have people up there. And so that's what we did. They gave us, in fact, two stores to be able to do this, and we began to minister. Zach, who was in the tank with me, was one of our staff. I think that was his very first job for our church. Sean, that some of you know, who's our head of maintenance, he's a guy living in Ottawa. He's trying to decide, do I go to the school of ministry, which is what he did, or do I become a professional gamer? He chose the school of ministry, and while he's in the school, we said, we're looking for people who know how to play video games. His <laughs> hand goes up. And he was the star. None of the kids could beat him in the games. And that, that really sort of messed with them that this white guy from Ottawa plays video games better than we do. Anyways, long story short, we were there until the mall changed ownership. And you remember that three years ago, we did a big Canada Day event, 1,400 people showed up, bouncy castles, all those kind of things, uh, free hot dogs. We gave away 300 backpacks to kids in that community who couldn't afford a backpack for school. We stuffed the backpacks full of stuff. And uh, then uh, last year, year and a half ago, when did vaccinations begin? Whenever that was, uh, Michael Ford, who was our city councillor, phoned me. And he said, Steve, we got vaccinations starting tomorrow. You guys like to do community service stuff. Would you guys consider coming and giving water out to the people who are in the queue? We're expecting 2,500 people to line up tomorrow. This is no registration. This is just first come, first served. 25 people will be in line. Would you like to give out water and coffee? And we said, absolutely. We had one day to figure it out. In fact, it wasn't even one day. We had like, it was a six o'clock phone call and we're starting at 10 a.m. the next morning. Anyways, we did that, and we developed a relationship with the, um, uh, the community services that was putting that on. Friends, by the way, it was not a political statement about pro-vaccines, anti-vaccines. We did that for two reasons. The city asked us to partner with them, and number two, people were there. <laughs> That's the big one, people were there. So. We thought we're gonna connect with all these people in the community and get, have really good conversations. No. They just wanted to get in and out as quick as possible. However, the 130 staff 
that were giving out the vaccines and, and volunteering to get people in the queues and doing all that kind of registration. If you've had a vaccine, you know there's a lot of people involved. Those people were consistently week after week after week. And I think we did 40 weeks last summer of uh, being at the vaccination clinic through really hot days. And we began to really develop relationships with the city and the inside staff. So much so that in the spring of this year, when I went to the Rexdale Community Center, which is sort of the hub for all of the social services in Etobicoke, uh, I went to them and said, are we able to do another Canada Day event? And some of you know Russ Mitchell. Sometimes there's an older white guy on the keyboard over here that just tries to make all the young ones look really young. That's Russ, Russ's job. Russ may be here today, forgive me, Russ. Uh, he works at that, at that hub, that community center. He's in charge of all the community interaction. And Russ briefed me and he said, I think that if Catch the Fire is open to it, there's another opportunity that may come. Would you be okay not to do the big event on Canada Day and participate in this other thing? And I said, absolutely. So I got invited to sit down with Russ and three other people and found out that the city is trying to economically stimulate a part of the, the city in Rexdale, 950 Albion Road, trying to stimulate this little plaza that half the stores are empty, abandoned. And would we come, and they're trying to do something every single day, special in that parking lot, starting next Saturday. And we've been asked to be there every single Saturday, 11 until 2, giving out hot dogs. And I said, well, because we're a church, we don't want to just do you know, hot dogs, we care about the spiritual life of people. Can we do a spirit cafe? Now I'm talking to two Muslims and two Christians. Russ and one other guy were followers of Jesus. The two Muslims, when I explain what spirit cafe is, this is where we do spiritual readings. What's a spiritual reading? Well, the Christian word is prophetic ministry. But we help people to understand God's destiny for them. Oh, well, that would be really good, wouldn't it? We do spiritual cleansing. What's that? Well, that's where we pray for people and help them forgive someone that they're really bothered by. Oh, that would be really good, wouldn't it? Yes. Peace treatments. We offer a peace treatment. We, we use spa words, by the way. A peace treatment. What's that? Well, we ask for the peace of God to come and take stress out of their, their lives. Oh, that would be real. Anyways, we got full permission to do the God stuff every single Saturday, sponsored by the City of Toronto. Yay! Yesterday, so yesterday we had a practice and uh, a lady gave her life to Jesus. People were healed in the Spirit Cafe. Um, probably a third of the people who came were Muslims and some of them wearing full uh, hijabs. And it was like, it was fun. Uh, Twinkles the Clown is doing balloon art. Or whatever. I don't know what you call that stuff, making balloons into animals and things like that. And we had Max, who may be here this morning, was doing his fire stuff and drawing a crowd. And the whole idea of our team, we were spread out in the parking lot, was to push people for the free hot dogs. And when they get there, the other people in the team say, oh, by the way, we have a spirit cafe right here. Here's the menu. Would you like to see what's on the menu for today? And they read the menu and go, oh, everything on the menu says Jesus, Holy Spirit, God. We do not hide what we're doing. Yeah? And they go, perfect. The owner of the plaza, his name's Danny. I knew about him already. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's a full-out follower of Jesus, but he's very compassionate about loving our city. 
And so when he heard about us, it's like, no, you need to invite the church. So I met him yesterday for the first time. And then one of the city gals who was organizing, I'd been talking with her the last couple of weeks, she came. And uh, she comes from a Hindu background. And I said, um, I won't tell your name. I, I said, I think you need to try the Spirit Cafe so that when people ask you as a city representative what it's about, you'll be able to say what it's about. So she goes in, she sits down. I don't know who ministered to her. Uh, <laughs> she came to me afterwards and she said, that was awesome. There is energy in that group. There's an aura over those people. And I go, uh-huh, that's called Jesus. And she goes, wow. So she was, she was really into it. If you were serving in the Spirit Cafe yesterday, can I get you to stand up? There was like six people. I think most of them are in the second meeting. Where are the people? Perfect, Manny and, and Olga, and um, Walter was over there, perfect. Anyways, we had a good time yesterday. As a practice, we figured out a few things. We need to keep some barriers in front of the barbecue because kids didn't know it was a barbecue and we're about to touch it. And anyways, we figured out some safety things yesterday. Every week, 11 until two. And if you'd like to be part of that, join the outreach team. That's where you get all, all the information. Next week though, is different. Next week is the grand opening. The mayor's been invited. Members of parliament have been invited. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of pop-up community groups that are going to be there. We're going to be right in the middle. There's going to be a stage. Entertainers are going to be on the stage. Max, doing his juggling, is going to be on the stage. Dallas and Hope are going to be on the stage. So next week is from 1 until 8.30 p.m. And if you're at all interested, in the cafe right afterwards, one o'clock, we're gonna have a meeting and uh, you can join and have fun all summer long. Yep, perfect. So that's what we are doing as a church to love our city. That's our project this year. I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 10. Uh, passage is gonna be on the screen. Let me read it for you. My phone needs to see my face in order to start. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Trick question. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? A very, very good question. Jesus said, what's written in the law? And he replied, or so Jesus said, how do you read it? How do you figure out the scriptures? What do you think's the answer? Verse 27. This trickster answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's incredible that this man understood the emphasis of the whole of the Old Testament. The key purpose of the first part of the Bible is just this, is to love God, and your expression of love is that you're gonna love other people just like you do about yourself. When Jesus was asked, a different time, what's the greatest commandment? He said these very same things. So this guy answers correctly. Jesus said in verse 28, you've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself and so he asked Jesus another trick question, who's my neighbor? 
In reply, Jesus said this. Now, friends, this was not a pre-planned story that Jesus shared. This is a spontaneous, inspired by the Holy Spirit story that Jesus shares. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Friends, we're going to be on that very same road if you join Sandra and I and Murray and Ash in February on our tour of Israel. We're going to go on that road, and you're going to see that it's desolate. It's brown. There's no grass, nowhere. It's wasteland. And people would travel in groups so that they're not mugged. They'd have some group protection. This guy goes by himself in the store. He's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road. A priest would be me, someone who works full-time in Christian ministry. That's the New Testament equivalent of that. That's Steve Long happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite. A Levite would be you, followers of Jesus. Love God. That's what a Levite was. A Levite, when he came to the place, saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, a Samaritan, if in Canada we would say probably the, the equivalent would be a Métis, someone who's either French or English and mixed with First Nations, with my mother-in-law was Métis. She was Cree and French-Canadian. French and as the history of Canada has been, Métis were not sort of welcomed by the indigenous people, nor by the French, nor by the English. They're just sort of different. And for the Jews, the Samaritan was half Jewish, half Gentile, and the Jews despised them. In fact, they're called dogs. That was the nickname. That's how they were treated. So a Samaritan, verse 33, as he traveled, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Say the word pity. Yep. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii. Whatever you get paid for a day, two of those. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Jesus then said, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy. Say that, mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So friends, this is the challenge that Jesus said of how do we love our neighbor is pity, mercy, compassion. All of those things are involved. Friends, three real quick points. Number one, your title, your culture, your age, your gender doesn't disqualify you from loving your neighbor. If your neighbor happens to be someone of a different culture, they're still your neighbor. If they happen to be someone who is a different sexual orientation than you, they're still your neighbor. If they happen to be a different age than you, still your neighbor. There's no asterisk in this passage that says, uh, because they're different, because you're different, you don't talk, you don't care. Whoever your neighbor is, and it's not just the house beside you, it's the person who works in the cubicle beside you, it's the person that's at the gym that you see every week, it's the random person that God puts in your way spontaneously to care for. Whoever that person is, they're your neighbor. And whoever you are, 
Wherever I am, that's the person that I'm supposed to be kind to, courteous to, kind to, show pity, show mercy. Number two point, there are no religious exemptions from loving your neighbor. The priest and the Levite probably, it doesn't say it in the story, but probably felt, well, this person is very different culture and they're unclean. And so if I touch them, if I care for them, I'll be unclean. And so I'm just not going to get involved. Nope. The whole purpose of the story is for people who were pushing in to God. This is a Jewish man asking the question, who's my neighbor? A Jewish man, Jesus, is saying the best neighbor in this story wasn't even Jewish. So it doesn't matter who we are, friends. No religious exemptions. No one's above us. No one's below us. They're beside us. Number three, mercy. Giving others what they don't deserve is how we love others. That's the point of this story. And Jesus says to everybody who's listening, you go and do that. That's how you love God. That's how you love your neighbor. Manny and Olga, come on up to the front, please. I got the microphone right here for you. Before they come, these are Connect leaders, by the way. Uh, we'll introduce them just in a moment. Sandra and I moved out of our house on Friday. We're moving into a new house in October in Oakville. We're moving from eighth line to seventh line. It's a big move. It's all of five minutes. Yay! Uh, we haven't actually moved into the new place yet, so we had some temporary housing in the middle. And on Thursday this week, an interesting thing happened. One of the ladies who lives on a street around us, probably a one-minute walk away, she would have given herself the title of policy control officer for our community. She, during COVID lockdown, put a note on my son's car that your children are not supposed to be having fun in the court during lockdown. There's a basketball net there for all the kids in the court to play basketball with. They're not allowed to do that. I wasn't aware that that was one of the rules, that kids couldn't go outside and play. Apparently, she thought it was. If cars are parked more than two hours, she puts a little note on the car to say, you're infringing on bylaw, da 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 I have phoned the police. And she phones the police. If you've been to our house, we're in a cul-de-sac, and in the middle of our cul-de-sac is a green space with a big tree, and everyone parks. And for years, I have one neighbor, 40 years, lived in, that, in the house, and for years, everyone parks in a certain direction, and she phoned the police because apparently we're supposed to be in the other direction. Police cars have been there multiple times. Ambulances have been on our street. Everyone parks the same way. She phoned the police. Grandparents visiting grandchildren got tickets, courtesy of this lady. Thursday, as we're getting ready to move, we have all the trash that we don't need, stuff that's broken, toys, coffee makers that are just old and don't work anymore. We have it all outside ready to go to the dump, and she's walking around patrolling, and uh, she, sees, <laughs> she sees our pile of stuff, and she knocks on the door. God bless Melissa, my daughter-in-law. Melissa knows exactly who she is, and she's going through our, our stuff and saying, well, that could be recycled, that could be recycled. We're we're saying nicely, no, it's broken. No, I will take it. I'm... God bless, she took half our trash. She saved me $50 from going to the dump. 
She doesn't deserve pity. She doesn't deserve kindness. But that's what we tried to do. No comments. If you want to take it, perfect. We smiled. We waited for her to load it up in her car. Off she went. And then yesterday, we saw that half of it was on her um, curb because it turns out you can't, it's broken. And anyway, so that was quite interesting to just see that. We moved into that house six years ago. Our first day moving in, I think it was like September 2nd, something like that. The neighbors had a fireworks show just for us. No, it turned out it was for the community. We just happened to be there the right day. <laughs> Anyways, there's 10 houses in our cul-de-sac. And one by one, they began to come over. They see the moving truck and they introduce themselves. We live over here. We live over here. Sandra and I wrote all, or I wrote all the names down on my iPhone in the notes section. So when they left, I put down their address and their name and da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, that lady came over that first day as well. And her conversation was quite different. Have you met your neighbors over here yet? Uh, yeah, terrible people, aren't they? <laughs> she had a bad report for every single person. That was our first impression of this lady. Do you know the worst part? She goes to church. The community have a Facebook social media about what's happening in the community and she's referred to multiple times, probably every second week, as the lady. And sadly, she's a churchgoer. Yeah? Not a good example of being a follower of Jesus and loving your neighbor. You understand? Perfect. This is Manny and Olga. They have a small group in Bradford, Ontario. And if you like Portuguese Azores food or beverage, they're the ones to see. I visited Manny's mom last year when we were on vacation in the Azores, and we had moonshine. <laughs> yeah. We had several different varieties of moonshine, and all of them like were, you know, the phrase, catch the fire, that's what was happening <laughs> that was there. So guys, we're going to have to go a little quicker because I've talked too long. Yeah. You love your neighbors. Tell, tell the story about your neighbor who moved in a couple years ago. So yeah, a couple... Uh, there was a couple that moved in a couple of years ago, and so we decided to invite them over for a coffee just to get to know them. And as we were around the table uh, talking and having coffee, he had mentioned about end times, so I corrected him on some of the things on end times that he was talking about. And then I talked about healings, so I gave some examples, like, well, God did some healings, like example of a um, 17-year-old girl who her leg grew. So right away, he was like, oh, you need to pray for my wife because she's been having digestive problems and uh, we don't know what's wrong. So we came around her, we prayed, and she felt the heat of God through, through her body. She was healed. Miraculously, she, no, more, no more problems with their digestive problems. So that was amazing, yeah. And the second story is, is that she's not able to have a child. She's not able to have a, chi chi a child. So we invited her to our connect group. So after a few couple, a couple times they came over to connect group, um, as we were going through worship, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me to come around her and, play, and pray for her. So we had the whole, the whole group come around her and pray because she was going to get pregnant that year. So we prayed. Uh, the next month, she was disappointed. Didn't happen. Uh, but then, then after that, we, we, she had prayer again with Rob and Carol were over there that weekend. And um, he calls me. He says... Um, because I had told him, I said, you should order the crib. The baby's coming. He didn't believe me. So he calls me a few months later and he says, 
come over and help me with the package. I said, okay, sure, what do you got? The crib is on its way. <laughs> so she got pregnant. Yep. So the baby was just born. Five months ago. So baby girl. And the, the thing I didn't say before is they named her second name after me in uh, honor. Well, so Emanuela, they called her. So Stefani Emanuela is her name. And they become followers of Jesus become, and they're part of your small group. Yeah, now. part of our small group. They've come here a couple of times and they said the best thing that ever happened was moving to beside us. Amen. Amen. So Olga has, um, has a cleaning business and it's called? Heaven Sent. Heaven Sent. Perfect. With scent as the uh, fragrance word. Perfect. And so tell the story about the uh, The client client around the corner from you guys. So uh, before we go to our client's house, uh, we usually pray and say, Holy Spirit, when we go into this house, just show us the need that we can not just clean their house, but pray with them. So we go to the first time to this lady's house and uh, we are talking and we go up to our uh, cleaning Coming down in the, mi- in the middle of the conversation, um, she was uh, talking with me and I asked, what do you do from home? And she says, well, I'm a medium. I talk with that people. So I go, oh boy, this is heavy. <laughs> so I said, okay, so you know, I believe that people are in two places, heaven or hell. And then she goes, yeah, you're right. So the conversation ended like this. I look up and I see Manny, yeah, like he's so excited. He's already like uh, ready to jump like a lion. But then I go say, no, this is not a day. I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is not a day to talk about Jesus. And I was like, why? And then we went home and then we came the second time. That was not the time to talk about Jesus. The third time we go to her house. So I just want to, and then the Holy Spirit, um, showed me that first you have, they have to trust you. You're in their home and it's build a relationship with them. So it's okay, Jesus, when, when you're ready, we are ready. So the third time we go to their house and she's leaping, like her ankle is hurting. I say, okay, God, this is the time. I look at Manny and Manny goes, I think this is the time. So we are ready to go. In the end, so we are like about to leave and she comes, you know what? I help a lot of people. And then Manny goes, I help a lot of people too. We do help a lot of people. And then I think I'm going to just let you kind of what you say to her. Yeah. So I said to her, like, we've prayed for people and people get healed. She goes, oh, no wait, That's what I want to do too. So I said, well, we want to pray for your ankle. Uh, We believe God can heal you. So... We took her into the kitchen. We were praying for her. And as we were praying for her healing, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And I started telling her in her upbringing, she felt uh, low self-esteem. And she didn't feel like she measured up to uh, other girls and, and that her dad wasn't a loving God, and a, lo- a loving father. So we said, like, God, our father, he just wants to love you the same way like your, your father didn't. But, you know, like, once you have that relationship with God, the father, she just broke down. She had to hang on to the kitchen table like she was going to collapse and she just was a mess crying so much and she felt the presence of God she went and grabbed uh, paper towels because she was a whole mess and but she felt she said I never felt anything like that in my whole life she was just feeling the presence of God all over her and um, yeah so she said guys I'm just so happy that you guys are cleaning our home <laughs> every time that we go to her house she goes my angels are coming in so I say oh thank you very like it's just do what God tells us to do, and we want to love you the way God loves you. Amen. Yeah. 
All right, church. Let's stand up. We're going to have Manny and Olga pray because, friends, uh, the first little hindrance that we usually get is a thought. I don't know if I can connect with this person. I'm not like them. They're different than me. Am I going to get it culturally wrong? All those different things that we get being in a multicultural city are quick barriers. Remember, there's no asterisks in this story from Jesus. It's love your neighbor. And we have the privilege of the Spirit of God to be able to help us and guide us, know when to say things, know what to do. We just listen to the Holy Spirit to be able to be merciful and kind and then see what God has in store. And usually it's fun. Go ahead and pray. Yes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that uh, I pray for uh, my brothers and sisters here tonight, Lord, that the spirit of boldness would come upon them, God, that they would be excited to share Jesus and the love of Jesus with the people around them, their neighbors or co-workers, whoever you put in their path, Lord, that they would seek that opportunity, that they would just love on them, Lord, and they would feel the love of God upon themselves as they pray for them, Lord. We thank you for the, the manifestations that are going to happen. People are going to be touched and be healed and just feel the presence of God, have God encounters in their lives, Father. We pray, though, that they be not afraid, but they just move with compassion upon the people that they would pray and see God just touch them in a miraculous way. Holy Spirit, you're so good. Father God, we just pray that just now, Lord, that Holy Spirit fill everyone in here with your presence, with your anointing, and with your boldness, Lord, that we are able to do what you call us to do. Lord, we are not afraid to go wherever you say for us to go, because we know that we have the Holy Spirit with us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that wherever we go, Lord, that you show us, show us visions, show us dreams, God, and give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you want to say, Lord, or what you want us to see to bless, Lord, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, Lord, even our family members, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone in here in this place this morning, Lord, are able to do because we have the greatest inside of us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Stay standing. How many of you have an awkward neighbor like I used to until I moved on Friday? Have an awkward neighbor. Just keep your hand way up high. Yep. So Holy Spirit, may there be a special love that you put in our heart for this person. And Father, there's a very good chance that they're a wounded person. And that's where they are, why they, like they are. And Father, would you help us to be the answer for these people, to redeem people who are hurting, who are wounded. And Father, may we be amazing neighbors. May we have that, that testimony in our community. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Friends, be seated. Can we say thank you to Manny and Olga who disappeared? There they are. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I, was, I had invited my neighbors to be here today because we moved out on Friday. And uh, one couple, um, when we told them that we were moving, began to cry. And when, I, when we started to do the video, they started to cry and said, I don't think we could do this. Because my question was, what's a good neighbor? And then when I said, have Steve and Sandra been good neighbors? That's when they broke down and cried. I love that 
I love that my neighbors know that we're followers of Jesus with a good reputation. And I bless you to have that same kind of reputation that your neighbors all know that you're loving and kind. They may not know you're a follower of Jesus yet, but that you have a good reputation of loving your neighbor. Amen? We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.